Have you ever stopped to think how your team is really developing? Is it by purpose, by chance? They just happen to work for the same company in the same department. As a leader, where is your focus? Are you focusing on the individual, those high performers, or on the collective group members as a team? How do your conversations nurture the performance that you really want? Ad hoc, intentionally? Have you ever even given thought to it? Welcome to Conversations for Fearless Leaders. Do you avoid important conversations for fear of not saying it right? How comfortable are you to deal with difficult situations? What if instead you could approach any conversation with clarity and confidence? We are Dale Lachlan of Trinidad and Tobago and Rhonda York of the United States. In Conversations for Fearless Leaders, we draw on our combined 40 years of experiences as professionally trained coaches certified in conversational intelligence and team coaching. So join us in this podcast series as we discuss your most challenging leadership situations with a deep multidisciplinary perspective. In each episode, we will share practical tools, tips, and steps for you to implement with confidence. Let your journey with us awaken your inner courage to discover, experiment, and learn what it takes to become a fearless master of leadership conversations. So how is your team performing? Is it a peak? Is it all over the map? In the doldrums? Really, we can't flip a switch to turn on teamwork. It takes purpose, intention, time, and consistent practice. You know, psychologist Bruce Tuckman's model helps us to understand what happens as a team develops. You may be familiar with this model, but may not know that it was Bruce Tuckman who developed it. Have you heard about the forming, the storming, the norming, the performing phases. Then he added a fifth one, the morning, which is when the team transitions or changes. And Dale, that part, the morning part, when we talk about changes, I don't even think people realize what they're feeling and that, and we'll go into these stages in more detail. But if someone that you're close to on your team at work leaves, finds another job, management comes in and makes changes in leadership, that's the time when possible mourning. And you may not have put the title or named it as mourning, but that's what Tuckman has called it. Yeah. And it's a time when the team is changing. So he published his paper in 1965, Developmental Sequence in Small Groups. And so many years later, this model continues to be valuable. Valuable in helping leaders to understand just how teams develop 
and how to navigate with their teams as they progress through the development stages. So in today's podcast, we're exploring Takman's model, how it works, how it connects with building trust, how it aligns with the quality of conversations in the team environment, because we want to deepen your insight as fearless leaders on what it takes to nurture your teams and keep them functioning at a high level. Yeah, so if we refer back to Tuckman's model in this podcast, because again, I'm sure that many of our leaders have heard of the forming, storming, norming, and performing, but really what thought's been given to it and the importance of each stage. So when you think about developing your team and many times hiring somebody that has the experience for the specific job or the specific department that you're looking for. So what thought, additional thoughts, I guess, should our leaders give when they are forming a team? What do you think, Dale, for um, each one. And we and just to put out here at the beginning, we know that it's not linear, that teams are changing. It's kind of like a maze all over the place, but th- there is a forming part. So what are your thoughts there, Dale? At the beginning, in the initial stages, the team is coming together. It's a new team. And People are going to be unsure. People are going to be wondering, well, exactly what is our purpose? How do I fit in to that purpose? How are we going to work with each other? And am I going to be able to work well with these other folks? Team members may be feeling any combination of anxiety, curiosity, excitement to get going. Primarily, what they're going to be looking for, however, is they're going to be looking for leadership. They're going to be looking to the team's leader for direction. Why are we here? What's our brief? And how are we going to work together to achieve this? It may take some time. And I think we've got to be, to understand that we've got to be a bit patient with it because people will come into the team, but they will adjust to this to the newness of the team at a different rate, at a different pace. Yeah, exactly. And especially if they've moved onto this team from another team within the organization, the cultural adaptation would not be the same as if maybe a new person from outside has been brought in. So even with the onboarding of a new member, a creation of a team, as a leader, you really have to think about that onboarding. And it's not just their skill sets and can they do the job, each individual person, but what does the individual, what is their contribution? What is their purpose? And I think people really want to know that and need to know that when we're forming these teams. 
And how does my part contribute to the success and the part of others? And knowing that we have different personalities coming in there. So we're, we may be all on the same team, but we're not all the same people and we have different gifts and talents. So there's a lot to deal with as a leader when you are forming teams whether it's a new team or recreating an existing team. And just as we start to become comfortable with each other, it creates the opportunity then for us to start pushing against some of the boundaries, pushing against some, because maybe our expectations are not being met. So conflict can arise, friction can come up between members as their different personalities show up in the way that the team, members of the team work with each other. And so there's a clash. And at that stage too, team members may be looking at the leadership of the team and making judgments around that team leader's authority, or even that leader's management style, or even the mission of the team itself. At this point, the initial caution around the newness of the team and the newness of the situation has eased. At this point, people are stepping back, looking at the leader, looking at the team, looking at the purpose, and starting to ask questions. Now, what's so important here is that that the team leader becomes aware, understands that the team has shifted into its storming phase and that left unchecked, left unresolved, these issues will impact on the way people work with each other and they will impact on the performance of the team. So it's the leader's responsibility at this time to really make sure that they understand what the issue is and to take appropriate action to make things clear, to have the conversations necessary to work things out and even to help people understand piece of work that is required in that team, because it may be that what's causing the friction is the fact that the pace of the team is faster and maybe more complex than was expected. Well, if you, excuse me, as I listened to you, I was thinking about just the ocean and the beach and how the terrain, the sand is shifting all the time. And that's the visual that I got, how it's always shifting day to day, the demands of the job, the demands of the business, the different things that are going on in the lives of the team members. I mean, there's so many different components that affect the dynamics and the success of a team. And that's a lot 
to deal with as a leader. And if you think about yourself as being a conductor in a symphony, you got to make sure that everybody's playing the same song, playing from the same music sheet, and that they're in sync. And it's a lot to do. But if that leader is keeping his eye on the team and you feel like you formed this great group of people to come together and be as a team and you start to see some storming in there where it's people pretty much shifting into their role, their position and business change and life change and pandemics get thrown in there, for an example. So it shifts everything. And so therefore, a leader has to be aware and you cannot hide under all your work and ignore it. Because if you do, it will become very catastrophic and much more difficult to repair. So anytime you have a sense or feel the storming, I recommend that my leaders get a handle on it and address it quickly. Rhonda, I really love your metaphor of the sea. So now that the team has experienced those choppy waters, they've navigated them together. We shift into the relative calm of the norming stage. And I say relative calm because it doesn't mean everything is perfect, not by any means. You'll still have your waves and your currents and your eddies. However, people are starting to feel more comfortable with you as a leader and with each other. And there's some rituals that have, that, that have been in place for long enough now that they understand how you can resolve differences together. They understand each other's strengths and appreciate those strengths. And they are respecting the authority of the leader. At this point, they're getting to know each other better. They're feeling more comfortable asking for help. And they're also feeling more comfortable doing something that is absolutely vital for the team to develop, which is offering each other good feedback. At that point, what you've got developing as well is a strength of commitment to the team's goals. Things theoretically are going quite well. Yeah. And excuse me, when they're going well, we have a tendency to get comfortable and think, okay, the waters are calm. I can just float through and do my day-to-day thing. And then something happens, change, whatever it may be that Again, the business changes, someone decides to retire, they have issues at home, they have to be out. And as at at the beginning, we talked about this not being linear. And again, if there's a change in there, then we got to start forming all over again. And we can go back through the storming and then we go back to the norming again and people are performing and we're just floating along really great. And then 
there's a pandemic, there's another change for whatever reason. And leaders need to be aware of that. And and I know there's so much pressure and expectations on the shoulders of a leader, but that's what makes great leaders, right, Dale? It's It's being able to be aware of this, and you really are a conductor. You're directing traffic. You're directing business and team members and responsibilities. You know, I don't know if you feel like you're a person that juggles. You've got all these balls up in the air at one time, and they're at some point you may feel like they're bricks and they're falling on your head, and definitely the weight of them are on your shoulders. But here again, and you and I talk about this a lot in all our episodes, two factors that can help. And one is trust. So what's the level of trust within the organization and within the team? And then secondly is the communication, which is why you and I do what we do, because The trust has to be there as the foundation. I talked about the sand shifting, but if trust is there, it makes it easier to go through the storming stage if that's your foundation and it's solid, but also communicating and being able to have conversations day to day, but also when things start to get difficult, when there is some storming, what kind of conversations are you having with self and what kind of conversations are you having with the team collectively, but also the team individually. And here we are, Dale, with our trust and communication again in this episode, like every other one we've done. Yes, absolutely. And and the thing is that by the time the team gets out of the or starts to move beyond the norming stage and shifts into performing, that's when the things that you're talking about, the strategies you're talking about, Rhonda, become even more important. They were important all along. Because at this stage, to keep the team in the performing stage, what is so required is consistency. That's just the time when you can't float. That's just the time when you've got to be really mindful to build on this trust that has been developed over the time to strengthen it and to keep the conversations and to keep the conversations healthy. At this stage, what is happening, which is in the performing stage, the quality of the leadership conversation becomes so important. Because it's that conversation that keeps that, I, I believe it's the quality of the conversation that keeps the team focused, keep the team members of this, keep the team members feeling safe, and also keeps the team members realizing and appreciating the alignment between what they are there to do, what they're actually doing, and that they're doing a good job. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just the communication and the conversations, but the quality of it. I think where and when teams are in the norming and performing stages, 
we have to, again, be careful that we're not in the status quo and we're not just floating along. We still have to keep our eye on things, not only what's happened currently, but the possibilities of what might be coming ahead of us. And it's not just having the conversations, Dale, but it's the quality of those conversations, being intentional, specific, really relaying and sharing the information, the direction with your team members, and not just making those assignments. The leader really has to keep his attention on the team all the time. All the time consistently, and through conversations that keep people feeling that they're valued, appreciated, and trusted. And that brings us to just a couple of the things that we've been talking about in so many of our episodes. One, that what happens in the team is really, at the end of the day, a joint effort, and that the leader's sense of purpose and intentionality is like the basic building block of that secures then its performance. And that secondly, it is the psychological safety and trust that results from the leader's behavior that propels the team's performance so that over a period of time, it performs consistently well, not just ad hoc from time to time, but consistently well. So Rhonda, what's your advice to our fearless leaders? How can they use this model, do you think? Well, one, to be aware of it and really learn, I guess, the components, Dale, of each stage and be able to identify as much as possible what stage your team is in. And from that, they can give more attention to the things that we're talking about. If there's storming going on, how do I deal with it? What's changed? What do I need to do as a leader? Checking the levels of trust within the team. Also, really giving some thought and exploring the quality of the conversations that I'm having with my team members, but also how are the team members communicating among themselves? That has to be very consistent and not only trust between me and my team members, but the team members need to have trust among themselves. And if that's missing as a leader, I need to figure out why, what's wrong, what's happening. And we've talked about the high-performing teams and psychological safety in previous episodes. I think it's 12 and 13, if any of our leaders want to go back and refer to those. But now that you know these stages, the forming, norming, storming, performing, and possibly even mourning when things change, Stop and think, spend time leaders really identifying what's going on. And as a leader, 
where do you need to step in? Where do you need to give some stronger foundation and just do a check? Hey, team, let's just talk here. What's happening? What's changed? What do we need to do? How can we be successful? What do you want to add, Dale, to that? What I would add is that I realize that it's not easy to do that. We're rushed. We've got so much on our plate. And there's always new stuff being added. It's not easy for a leader to stay aware, to stay involved, to be mindful and consistent. But that's the challenge, essentially, of leadership. So our challenge for you our listeners this week is look at your team through the lens of Tuckman's model and reflect on what stage you're in and therefore what's necessary to optimize your team performance at this stage. Be aware too of which stage has come before and which stage will come next. And reach out to us. We're here. Share your questions and experiences you can find us at conversationsforfearlessleaders.com. Absolutely. We're here to help, to guide, and to listen to whatever situations you're dealing with as one of those fearless leaders. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode. <music>